Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated Sportsbook app. I'm Ross Tucker, of course, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, a bunch of podcasts, including the Even Money podcast today, where we will dive into Steve's early tips on NBA, MLB, NHL, etc. We also, of course, will bring in Andrew Brandt momentarily to talk about all kinds of business issues in the NFL, including his recent column this week for MMQB, which I thought was really interesting. We will have a Spread the Word winner as well as a sponsor confirmation email winner on Friday like we do. So please go ahead, retweet and like the podcast on the different social media platforms, either at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. I take advantage of any of our sponsors, like DraftKings with the code Ross. Uh, We got a bunch of them. Just go to scroll down the homepage at RossTucker.com or click on the Sponsors tab. Speaking of that, this is our first full Ross Tucker football podcast that we are doing on YouTube. Monday, we did the college draft as well as the Nolan Rucci interview. But this is the first entire podcast that's also available on YouTube for those of you that prefer to watch as opposed to just listen. So we're kind of getting used to it, but so far so good. Quick shout out to Marcella Southard. She is James Caro's office manager and James Caro, that's all he wanted. He was a sponsor confirmation email winner recently. He said, all I want is a shout out for my office manager, Marcella Southard. So There you go, Marcella. Thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying. And hopefully, I get a chance to see and talk with a bunch of you tonight on the virtual happy hour at 8 p.m. Eastern time. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash RT Media to sign up to be a Tuckhead, to be a part of our private group Slack channel, and you will get the link for our Zoom, and we will be having Daddy Sodas together. Very, very much looking forward to that. Like I do look forward to talking with Andrew Brandt 
every week for The Big Show. The Big Show. Andrew, uh, as always, there's a ton to talk about. And once again, we got the Business of Sports podcast hosted early. And once again, it was a really interesting listen, different type of subject matter than what a lot of other people are talking about right now. I thought it was fascinating. Hey, Ross, and welcome to my outdoor perch. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. We can do this and see each other finally. Yeah, uh, Maria Konnikova has a book out starting this week. New York Times bestseller already. Maria Konnikova is a Russian-born author. She's been with New Yorker. She's actually worked on the Charlie Rose Show and TV. And she just decided to take a year to learn poker, enter the WSOP World Series of Poker, and do it. And she dropped out of life, normal life, to study under this guy, Eric Seidel, And it's getting a ton of publicity around the country, which is great because I was introduced to her by Dave Epstein, who wrote Range, great author from Sports Illustrated. And uh, we hit it off and we had a podcast. So I encourage everyone to listen. It's a little bit different business of sports, but it is so intriguing to hear what she did. She's a wonderful writer and speaker, Maria Konnikova on business of sports this week. Uh, that sounds awesome, Andrew. Again, if you're not subscribing to the business of sports, you're doing it wrong. There's nobody that does it better. And as usual, Andrew, I'm not even going to say it. We got a million business of sports topics. I feel like sometimes there's more business of sports topics than actual sports topics. But uh, let's start with Dak Prescott signing his tender on Monday. I got to tell you, Andrew. I don't really get it. I don't understand why he did it. Can you explain as a former agent and executive? Yeah, this is my, you know, we'll get to my article in SI and my thoughts about the NFL and all leagues playing this year. But this was maybe my first thought, real thought, that the NFL either could be in trouble for playing or there's a real worry about the cap going down. Because other than that, As you said, and my expertise, it makes no sense. Dak Prescott's only leverage, really, was to not sign the tender and show up whenever he wanted to show up, sit out of training camp, make them sweat that they don't have their starting quarterback as they prepare for the season. And, of course, he's going to get the 31. The only downside, people are talking about rescinding the tender on Dak Prescott. Really? That's not going to happen. The Cowboys would never sign another free agent, and the Cowboys would take away their best player. So that's not going to happen. Maybe he thinks, or his agency thinks, there's, I don't know if there's not going to be football, but all the things I'm talking about, the replay of baseball that's going to be coming ahead, where they talk about reducing 2020 cap in order to not have a reduced 2021 cap, the thing about reduced revenues, the thing about uncertainty, it's got to be that because he's lost all leverage. The other reason, Ross, which people surmise, is he's just a really compliant guy. You know, kind of the Kirk Cousins thing, where he's just a nice, compliant, pleasing guy, and he's not going to make noise, so why not sign it? Those are my only explanations. Yeah, and there's two two more thoughts there, Andrew. One would be, you know, I know people have said, well, it's a good faith gesture on his part. He, In my mind, he's done more than enough good faith gestures by – playing last year, showing up, all that stuff. Right. But then the next part of it is, 
he can still have that leverage till July 15th. And if he wants to show up to training camp in time, he could still sign the tender July 26th and show up to training camp on time. The other thing is people say, well, after July 15th, nothing can happen. But, I mean, theoretically, he could hold out a camp to get more money on a one-year deal or maybe just to get the Cowboys to commit to not franchise tagging him again. Now, I think both those are probably tough, but – the longer he would hold out a training camp, I think the better shot he'd have at, at getting one of those two important terms. It's a great point. And listen, leverage is everything. And you're right. After July 15th, they still have to sign him. Now, they can't sign him more than one year. But as you suggested, there are a lot of negotiation possibilities. No franchise tag next year. And we saw Trent Williams, who doesn't have nearly the leverage of Dak Prescott, have a deal in San Francisco where he doesn't have a tag next year. They could pay him all up front. You know, they could pay him $30 million in September. They could pay him installments of $10 million a month. They could, you know, wipe out any clauses in the contract about default if he gets in trouble. Obviously, he's not that kind of guy. So you're right. He gave all that up. Maybe it's just as simple as... CAA and Dak Prescott deciding there's just too much uncertainty with the virus and let's get it locked in. But again, I scratch my head like you could do that later. You know, they're not going to cancel the season in the next two weeks. I mean, so we're all we're all kind of raising our eyebrows at that. I also raised my eyebrows a little bit, Andrew, quite frankly, with something I saw you tweet and then it was your column in the MMQB this week, where you talked about safety not really being the top priority. And I wanted you to get a chance here to explain yourself. I just think we're adults. <laughs> you know, we get it. The All these leagues, especially the NFL, are saying the number one priority is health and safety of our players. But if that was true, and what, you're welcome to push back on this, Ross, if that was true, they wouldn't play. If that was true, we wouldn't play football. Forget about 100 pages of protocols in the locker room and distancing and not spitting or whatever it is, showering by yourself. What about football? We've got hundreds of positive tests and no cure and no vaccine. We shut the league down in March, all the leagues, for one positive test. And now we have hundreds. And we have players in the NFL gathering for private workouts, even though they're told not to. And we're getting all these positives. And the positives are not even with gathering at training camp. So, listen, this is a problem. I, I think we know this collectively as a society. The virus is a problem. And the Fauci line, we don't make the timeline. The virus makes the timeline. But swing it back to my expertise. It's a $15 billion business. Okay. And think about where I was for 10 years. Think about Green Bay without football. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to play football. But don't be honest with us, I'm saying, to the leagues. Don't tell us player health and safety is number one. Because it's not. It's not. If it was, they wouldn't play. But it's a business, and it's a $15 billion business, and maybe it goes down to a $12 billion business, but that's it. We understand. I understand, and I just think we need to be honest about that. 
Okay, so that, that I'm glad you clarified there because when I first saw your tweet, and I think you saw my quote tweet response to it, which is that, hey, if, if safety was a top priority, we wouldn't play football at all. <laughs> I mean, it's it's called football. It's, it's pretty rough. I wouldn't have had the back surgery or the neck or my right knee twice or whatever. Your point isn't that they shouldn't play. Your point is more kind of getting fed up or tired with the PR statements of safety being the top priority when it's really not. Is that fair? Yes. And I think we need to be honest, not only the, not only the NFL being honest with us, but we need to be honest with ourselves that just like you, I mean, when we watch football and concussions, even though we have all these protocols the last 10 years, we're making a choice that we're watching players suffer future problems. And it's not a safe sport, even though they try to make it safe. Uh, I guess you and I are saying the same thing, but, but let's sort of lose the narrative that, you know, we need to do what's best for the players and their families. You know, we're doing what's best for the business and players are making that choice too. And I think the other thing, Ross, we need to talk about is opt-outs. It's going to happen in the NBA. It's going to happen in other sports. We saw a team in the National Women's Soccer League pull out, a whole team. Um, will NFL players opt out? Will they get paid? Will there be waivers for NFL teams? This is something I'm worried about as a team executive, former team executive, that what if they're not going to live in a bubble? So what if player goes home, interactions with family, with friends, with older relatives, with immunocompromised people? What happens then? If something drastically morbid happens to someone, do they sue the NFL? Do they sue the team? These are all questions that I'm not sure we have answers yet. You mentioned the issue of waivers, which I've seen come up in college you know, it's a little bit unclear. It seems like some colleges are doing it, some are not. Some are doing it but saying they're not. Do you think the NFL will have to do something like that, or is there something in the standard contract that already handles that part of it? Yeah, that's exactly where I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know the full answer to that, and I've had that question. My sense is, you know, we've had – what did we just went through 10 years of concussion – lawsuits and it was a final global settlement which was over a billion dollars and all those things the issue there was the nfl said well cba 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 you got to go through arbitration it covers health and safety players said no cba never intended to cover brain trauma it's just general orthopedic health and safety and we went through that. Same thing would happen here. The NFL teams would say CBA, CBA, health and safety. But there's but players will say, well, that didn't mean to cover a virus that could potentially kill a relative. So I don't know. I would think there's something in the works like these college things you're seeing with waivers. Maybe not as restrictive, but something I think has got to be in the works for NFL teams. You talked about opting out. Andrew, I wanted to get your reaction as well to Jamal Adams, the outstanding safety for the Jets, 
trying to opt out of playing for the Jets anymore. Well, my initial reaction was leverage is everything. He's got no leverage. People say, well, he's this great player. They don't want to make, make him upset. Okay, but he's got two years. And from a team perspective, that's the first thing you look at. What's our contract control? Control is two years. You know, we have this year, next year option. And then potential franchise tags. So what do we do? Well, we don't have to do anything and let him talk and eventually people and maybe even him will move on to other things and no one will talk about this. It's already kind of less in the news than it was a week ago. You know, I, I don't know. I think this is all related to the virus too, Ross, because even if they really wanted to do a contract, what contracts have gotten done this off season besides McCaffrey? No one's doing contracts. They don't know the 2020 cap. They don't know the 2021 cap. It's kind of where we are. It's a really good point uh, about no one's doing contracts in part because they don't really know where the salary cap is. The other thing I don't really understand, Andrew, and I wanted you, your opinion on it, they're talking about a shortened preseason. And yeah. the idea being they need a they, they want a longer ramp up for the players before they're in game action. I guess the part of that that I struggle with is that if they knock it from four preseason games down to two, right? We all know the first and fourth preseason games, none of the starters play anyway. Right. It's the bottom 50 guys on the roster who, by the way, are missing OTAs and minicamp and their opportunities to, to make an NFL roster. Every one of those 50 guys, I'm pretty confident, Andrew, would raise their hand and say, I'll play in those two preseason games. I don't need a longer ramp-up period. Give me the first one. Give me the fourth one so I can have more teams see what I can do. I guess I don't really understand the logic behind the shortened preseason. Well, I don't think it's related to any of that because I think it's all related to the virus and how they, how they can push this thing back as long as they can without having to start in October. Uh, you know, that's to me, they're just trying to thread the needle. I keep using that word with you. And I think that's the word of the day, the phrase of the day, the week, the month, it's the year. <laughs> how do we thread the needle on playing? And they're going to, you know, if it's two preseason games, that means the first time we gather as teams is whatever end of august and um hopefully that works you know i keep saying the nfl's luxury of watching the other leagues but here's the thing ross what if one of these leagues nba major league baseball hockey soccer what if they start as they are and stop what is the NFL's reaction to that? Does that mean they don't start? I really wonder if now maybe being last may not be the best thing because if the leagues start and stop, could the NFL start where other leagues have stopped? So I'm just throwing these crazy things out because we all we got to think about it. Last one relating to the shortened preseason. If they cut it from four games to two – how much of a how much of a loss of revenue is that? I mean, I guess there wouldn't be fans in the stands anyway, but it's part of the season ticket package. So that's 
that's one tenth right there. I mean, that's ten percent of the ten games that they pay for. Yeah, I mean, I just try to drill down on the revenues. Generally, 20, let's say twenty percent is game day revenues for those ten games. Uh, so twenty percent of overall revenues, and then one tenth of that. Um, sort of drilling down more, so maybe it's now twenty five percent. You know, we'll see, but. Um, this is why my final point is that baseball just went through it in a very contentious, angry, antagonistic way. Football will go through it. May, much less contentious, you hope, much less revenues at stake because baseball's you know given up half the season and no fans at all. But it's coming. It's coming. J.C. Treader, DeMaurice Smith will be negotiating with Roger Goodell and the owners about leveling up towards 2021 or leveling down, I guess. Um, so I'm, you know, I've been on this for about a month. People are jumping on, but it's going to happen. Well, hopefully what else is going to happen, Andrew, is a bunch of people hit up the virtual happy hour tonight at eight o'clock and a bunch of people check out the business of sports podcast this week. Thank you so much for the time as always. Thanks, Ross. And like you, just to plug, I'm now a new, new, new member of Patreon. So if people want more access. People want podcast transcripts. I'll put out a newsletter. Jump in at Patreon. Uh, Andrew Brand. Awesome. I love it. Thanks again, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. You know what else I love? FantasyPoints.com/feast. Not slash feast. FantasyPoints.com, use the code FEAST, all caps. You know why I love it? A, I'm supporting my guy, Joe Dolan, in his new business venture. B, if you go ahead and you use the code FEAST, all caps, at FantasyPoints.com and email me, Ross at RossTucker.com, you will get a chance to go against me and Joe, potentially, in a best ball 10 draft. We're going to announce two more entrants tomorrow. That'll close the June best ball 10 draft. But then we have the July one coming up as well. So let's see what you got from a fantasy perspective in best ball. Go to fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST, all caps. Email it to me, ross at rosstucker.com. I want to see what you dudes are made of. Tucks takes. Hey, Ross. Well, let's start today with some comments that Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger made recently at a Christian men's conference in which he admitted to prior alcohol and porn addictions. Right. Is this your YouTube debut? I believe it is. You mm-hmm. love this. You love that you're on camera right now. You you love the attention. The Absolutely. Alignment. But it kind of takes the mystique out of it because obviously you know, we've known each other for a long time. We've seen each other many times, but... Uh, since last week, before last week, we started doing this. It's been what a year, two years since I've actually seen you. So it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. How about your first YouTube comment ever? You mention a porn addiction. <laughs> well, I'll let I you mean, address that one. Right. I might have Casey, our intern, cut that clip and just beat Brian saying porn addiction over and over and over again. Uh, with your with your YouTube debut. By the way, you're doing a great job with the YouTube part of it. Um, nothing changes on the audio only version, but if people want to see us as well, 
Uh, you can check out our YouTube page. We have been posting the link. I don't have like a custom URL. We need 100 subscribers first. We're almost there before we can have a custom URL uh, that you guys can can check out if you want to watch us do this. So even if you just want to go back and watch an interview or something like that. I'm going to give Ben Roethlisberger a lot of credit. I think he deserves it. I think anytime someone is willing to publicly admit the issues, faults, flaws, failures that they've had, especially when you are as well-known, rich, talented as Roethlisberger is, I think it's extremely impactful. And I think he deserves a lot of credit. Listen, I've been hard on Ben over the years with earlier in his career. He was considered last guy to get there, first guy to leave, the bike incident, uh, the horrible incidents with the women that have been well-documented. So I'll, I'll give him a lot of credit because I've given him a lot of flack over the years and deservingly so in my mind. I'll give him a lot of credit now. You go on a, a, a national thing with a lot of people and, and you say what he said about admitting to prior alcohol and porn addictions, That's a uh, it takes a real man to admit your mistakes and your flaws. So kudos to him. Some other news includes Lions owner Martha Ford Firestone stepping down and giving control of the team to her daughter. Trent Williams' new contract having a provision that doesn't allow him to be franchised, and the NFL is instituting tiers for facility access once camps open up. You know, it's interesting. I know some of the Lions fans are really excited. I, I guess you don't know until you see. I, I believe is uh, her her daughter's name is Sheila. Uh, like Sheila Ford Ramp or Sheila Firestone Ramp. I'm sorry, I don't have it right in front of me. But by the way, isn't it Martha Firestone Ford, not Ford Firestone? Is that what I put? Yeah, I think Martha we... Firestone Ford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Martha Firestone Ford. You're right. Uh, anyway, just 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 butchering women's names on the show. That's a good way, by the way, to get new listeners. <laughs> really good way, or to get new YouTube views. Just totally butcher names. My apologies. To Mrs. Ford and Sheila, um, I should have had her daughter's name right in front of me, but maybe we'll save that for Friday. So we'll see. You know, she's—it's nice that it's staying in the family, and we'll see how, if any, her daughter acts differently in that role than her mom did. Andrew had mentioned about Trent Williams' new contract having that provision that doesn't allow him to be franchised, which I think is significant. He wants to go out, ball, have a great year, and then be able to see what the market's like. Although, with the projected salary cap drop in 2021, he's not exactly timing it up well. And then, these tiers for facility access make make a lot of sense, Brian. I was trying to figure out, like for the Eagles, if I'm tier three or tier four, which isn't even a tier, uh, it, you know, for when the preseason games start. But I, I think it makes sense to really restrict access as much as you possibly can this year and to do as many things remotely, virtually as you possibly can. Speaking of that, Bri, it's been a while since we actually got to an email question. I'm excited. Let's get to an email. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address, ross at rostucker.com. It's another one of the easiest contests in the history of man. 
You take advantage of any of our sponsors, DraftKings, Fantasy Points, any of them on the homepage at RossTucker.com or the Sponsors tab. You take advantage of any of them, or even just the Amazon, you purchase something, send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and I guarantee to read and respond to your question on the show. And you might be the winner on Friday who gets a little something-something from me. I just went out yesterday, bought some more stamps and some more hard envelopes for the signed pictures that a lot of people request when they win stuff. So I got I got done all the autographs. I'm caught up. And now Friday, we'll start start giving out some more again. What do you got, Brian? All right, today's question comes from our good friend, Kate. Hey, Ross, I'm glad that you and your family are staying safe and well. Your terrific guests and podcast platform is especially appreciated this year. I want to let you know about the great work of 1-800-Flowers. I entered the code FOOTBALL, and I sent two dozen roses for Easter to my stepmom, who was locked in an assisted living facility, and in the same order, arranged to send pears this week. She called to say that they are the biggest, most beautiful pears she has ever seen. The facility is accepting deliveries, so I'll just keep sending. My question, what are your top three favorite uniforms in the NFL? Ooh, that is a good one. I know, I want to say maybe a year ago, last summer, Dave Damashek and I, I think we had a, a uniform draft where we went back and forth, Kate. So if you can Google Ross Tucker, Dave Damashek uniform draft, you can hear us actually go through it. I know this much. Without any hesitation, the number one uniform in my mind is the now Las Vegas Raiders. It is, to me, it's simple, it's classic, it's awesome, it's iconic. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's a no-brainer. To get to two and three, it's interesting. I'll tell you some of the other ones I really like. Um, I, I really, I like the Bengals uniforms, specifically their home uniforms, a lot more than a lot of other people that might be because their helmet, they kind of look like Princeton, my alma mater. I've always been a big fan of the Colts uniforms. So that's another one. I really like the new Chargers uniforms. I think the new Chargers uniforms with the bolts down the side of the arms and the legs, I think they're a top three probably. Uh, you know, I'm kind of partial to the Eagles because I grew up an Eagles fan. Uh, the Cowboys uniform, I don't care what you say, it's iconic. The white jerseys. That helmet, I mean, it's the best helmet in sports. It's the most recognized symbol along with the Yankees. And it was very cool to wear that. Other than that, I don't know. None of the other ones really jump out to me that much. I don't love anybody in the NFC North. I think the Bears uniforms are pretty cool. NFC South, Saints are all right, but none of them do I think are great. NFC West, not really either. Not really a huge fan of any of those. So I gave you four or five, Kate. I guess if I had to pick three, maybe Raiders, Chargers, and Cowboys, I think. And by the way, those are the correct answers. There's no reason for any of you to have your own opinion. Those are the correct. Although, you know what? I changed my mind, Bri. Do you have one or two that stand out to you? People love hearing from you, Bri. I, I really don't think they do. But uh, I would say going classic – Standard Steelers. Love the Steelers uniforms. Okay. Um, I like the coloring of the Seahawks. That that bluish green. 
Okay. And uh, growing up, more of a Jet fan. It's not so much the uniform, but I like the old the old style helmets. Yes. You know what uniform I like? The Jets' old school helmets, road uniforms. Wherein when they're in the all white. Yeah. I also like the Colts' road uniforms. I like sort of that all white look, but then the thing on the helmet, old school, like reminds you of Super Bowl three. Totally agree, Brian. Totally agree. We mentioned it earlier. Hopefully some of you guys sign up to, at patreon.com slash RT Media so you, we can have a beer tonight on the virtual happy hour through the Zoom link. Really looking forward to talking with the normal crew, and hopefully we have a couple of additions tonight. Also, check out the Even Money podcast, giving you Steve's first tips on the NBA, MLB, NHL, what bets to get in now. And sign up at fantasypoints.com. Use the code all. Caps feast, and maybe I'll pick you as one of the two people tomorrow. Or if not, to go against me and Joe. If not, maybe I'll pick you in July at some point. Other than that, shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing and DynastyFreaks.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.